Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Unbelievable NBA Wednesday. Screaming from the sidelines is here to break some of it down because the first round of the playoffs usually isn't this exciting. And we expected a better first round of the playoffs than we've gotten in most past years. But I'm starting to realize that it's even crazier than we anticipated. And it's happening sooner. We're not waiting until early May for the chaos to begin, baby. It's April, and I'm fired up. It took me two hours to calm down enough to go to sleep last night after what I watched between Warriors versus Kings and Heat versus Bucks. This episode is really just to process some of what we are seeing because so much has already happened in this postseason, and I don't want to let all of this action pass us by without making it a part of screaming from the sidelines. Before I get all into the series, just a friendly reminder to rate, subscribe, share, review, whatever it is you got to do to keep this show growing. It goes a long way, I promise you, and every bit is very much appreciated. You can find some of my bonus content on my Twitter page at GregOHSilver, where I post uh, bets throughout the week. And then also some episode clips and more just general random content about the NBA on the podcast TikTok, which is screaming.podcast. Let's talk about the Heat and the Bucks. That's where we have to start. There's no other place we can begin the show. And the Heat are just sensational. I will never disrespect them again. Uh Went into the play-in tournament thinking, yeah, they'll probably win that seven-seed game and give the Celtics some trouble, and it'll be a competitive series. And then they lost to the Hawks. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they'll bother the Bucs a little bit, but even with the Heat's playoff history, it just all felt off this year. It just wasn't feeling like your typical Miami Heat, April, May momentum. 
And then they lose Tyler Hero in game one with a broken hand. And yes, I am aware that Giannis Antetokounmpo was injured as well and missed essentially three games. He needed IV fluids after his return from injury in game four. So it's not like he wasn't hurting. But the Bucks still went 58-24 and this year and 32-9 and at home. They were 11-8. and without Giannis in the lineup, but two of those losses came at the end of the season when they'd already locked up the number one seed, so they had nothing to play for. Did they play against the Heat without Giannis during the regular season? What a great question, and yes, they did, twice. Both games were in Miami on January 12th and January 14th, and the Bucks lost both games, one by six and the other by 16, but we're not here to talk about the regular season because apparently the Heat are some kind of playoff monster whose superpowers arrive in mid-April and Jimmy freaking Buckets goes from a pretty good player to Michael Jordan. And it's happened so many times now that I am flabbergasted by the inner workings of the cycle. Last night, the Miami Heat became just the sixth ever number eight seed to win a playoff series over a number one seed with a 128 to 126 overtime victory in Milwaukee. They not only won the series on the road, but they did it in five games. Basketball historians will remember that in 2020, the Heat, who were then a number five seed, also eliminated the top seeded Bucks in five games. And three years later, we've got a little deja vu. But let's be honest. 2020 and 2023 were very different upsets because 2020 took place in a bubble. Not only was the playoff environment changed due to the emergence of a global pandemic, but these players were dealing with a lot of wild circumstances in their personal lives beyond basketball. We all were. And let's not forget that in the first round of the NBA bubble, the Milwaukee Bucks refused to take the court in protest of police shooting an unarmed black man, 29 years old, Jacob Blake, and Kenosha, Wisconsin. So there was a lot of insanity going on. And now that's not to say that in 2023, social justice isn't still an incredibly important issue that continues to need work in our society. But for the sake of an NBA playoffs discussion, the atmosphere in arenas is back to what it had always been. And the Bucks have fewer rational explanations to give for their shortcomings than they did in 2020 when we were living in some wild simulation and the world was falling apart. In Game 4, Jimmy Butler scored 56 points, which was tied for fourth all-time in a playoff game and the Heat completed a 15-point fourth-quarter comeback to take a 3-1 series lead. I'll admit it, I am guilty. I thought the Bucs were going to come back and win the series in seven games. They had two of those three games at home. The Heat were missing Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo, and I just thought Jimmy Butler would have to have another out-of-body experience for the Heat to win another game. And then he did. The Heat, who were down 16 points in the fourth quarter on the road to a team that needed to win to keep their season alive, did the impossible and completed the largest fourth quarter comeback in a series-clinching game 
in NBA history. Down two points with a couple of seconds left. Jimmy Butler catches an inbound and hits a circus shot falling to the ground. And we've got overtime. There was still half a second on the clock. And the Bucs had a timeout after that Jimmy Butler shot to tie it at the end of regulation. So I have no idea why they didn't use the timeout to advance the ball into the front court. But maybe Mike Budenholzer was just stunned like the rest of us. The Heat went on to win by two points in overtime. Grayson Allen could not get a shot off in the final possession. And as I previously mentioned, the Heat have joined Elite Company. They are just the sixth number eight seed to beat a number one seed in the NBA playoffs. Who were the other five? In 1994, the Denver Nuggets beat the Seattle Supersonics in five games. It was a best of five back then and not best of seven. But Denver came back from down 0-2. In 1999, the Knicks beat the Heat in five games. That was also a best of five, and it was a lockout year. In 2007, the Warriors beat the 65-win Mavericks in six games. That was the We Believe crowd at Oracle Arena. In 2011, the Grizzlies with Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph beat the Spurs in six games. And the other one it was in 2012 when the 76ers beat the Bulls in six games. Derrick Rose did tear his ACL at the end of game one. I'm just going to throw that in there for context. I'm not saying it officially doesn't count. But this one doesn't have quite the same feel to it in terms of uh, in terms of probability. So let's just talk about Jimmy Butler for a second. In the regular season, 22.9 points per game, nearly six rebounds per game, five assists per game, 54% field goal percentage, and 35% from three. Solid player. Jimmy Butler in round one, 37.6 points per game, Six rebounds per game, nearly five assists per game, 60% field goal percentage, and 44% from three. Since coming to the Heat, Jimmy Butler has not scored 40 points in a regular season game. After last night, he now has eight 40-point games in the playoffs, and all of them are in a Miami Heat jersey. It is just insanity. I don't know who the second-best player in these playoffs has been maybe it's curry maybe it's lebron devin booker has been electric De'Aaron fox has been fantastic but the top spot is untouchable right now last thing on the heat shout out to my guy gabe vincent a ucsb alum for his playoff career high 22 points last night including a big shot to cut the lead to one late in the game the heat will now face the knicks in round two for what should be a banger of a series. And let's talk about the Knicks. Another series closed out yesterday. The New York Knicks beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games, holding the Cavs to fewer than 100 points in all four of their victories. It was the first time in a decade that the Knicks have won a playoff series, and it was well-deserved. In the closeout game, the Knicks out-rebounded the Cavs 48-30. to 17 of those 48 were offensive rebounds, and Mitchell Robinson alone had 11 of those offensive rebounds. Robinson finished the game with 13 points, 18 total rebounds, three blocks, 
and two steals. Nothing new for the Knicks big man, however, because he led the entire NBA with an 18.4 offensive rebounding rate during the regular season. Another fun fact about rebounds, by the way, is that Josh Hart is leading all guards in rebounding this playoffs. Jarrett Allen, the Cavs center, said of the series, even for me, the lights were brighter than expected. So this Cavs team is young. Donovan Mitchell is still pretty young, and he's kind of a seasoned vet on the team at this point. And Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, a lot of young players on this team. But they had a good season, and they did. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Cavs, but they got they got a hand to them by the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, just been fantastic this year. So fun to watch. And congratulations to New York, because this, this Heat-Knicks series is about to be awesome. Raise your hand if you had the Heat and Knicks meeting in the second round. Well, we've got our series odds out. The Knicks are expected to advance to the conference finals by betting standards. They're coming in at minus 155 odds to win the series, while the Heat remain in their underdog role at plus 135. I told you I would stop disrespecting the Heat, and I wouldn't mind throwing money at this one either. I know that Madison Square Garden with home court, is going to be wild. But don't tell me the Heat give a damn. The Knicks are four-point favorites in Game 1, which is happening Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And once Round 2 of the playoffs gets going, I'm ready to get locked in. But this year, let's be honest, that started from the get-go, and rightfully so. Okay, let's move to the West. The Lakers and Grizzlies still going for at least a day longer. The Grizzlies won game five at home, as many expected. Uh, They extend series and force a game six in L.A. I don't even need to go too deep into this one since I've shared my thoughts about the Grizzlies already and how if they lose the series, nobody will respect their edge anymore. I feel like between now and the end of game six or seven, there will be a handful of new storylines that will arise. So I'm going to spare both myself and you all the energy of having to dive deep into last night's game. But for added context, let's share some of the important points. The Grizzlies were up 75-74 with 4-10 left in the third quarter, but they broke the game open when they closed it out with a 19-2 run. Both Desmond Bain and John Morant posted 30-point double-doubles. Anthony Davis finally woke up and posted a monster stat line of 31 points, 19 rebounds. LeBron finished with 15 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists. But after the game, he publicly said that he played like poop. uh, For the PG version, rather. And I guess by LeBron standards, for what he's done his whole career in the playoffs, he's kind of right. And the Lakers, I mean, they're not a flawless team. They showed some age. They showed some fatigue. They're wildly dependent on 38-year-old LeBron James, Anthony Davis, is inconsistent. I think when he originally came over to LA from New Orleans in that trade, the vision was that as a couple of years went on, Anthony Davis was kind of going to become the number one in terms of night in, night out, general productivity, and LeBron was going to be the player who uh, still the smartest person on the floor and still a great leader, 
but maybe not expected to do what he's had to do to get the Lakers into the playoffs and potentially into the second round. The Lakers are still minus 375 to win the series. The Grizzlies are plus 305. So if you believe in the Grizzlies to win a game six and then force the Lakers to win a game seven in Memphis, might not be a terrible bet, but personally, I don't buy it. Uh, LeBron has been stone cold and unfazed by all the drama in the series. I think the Lakers will close it out tomorrow. I think they understand that they have to close it out tomorrow because they do not want to go and travel knowing that even if they win a game seven in Memphis, you're going into the next series against the winner of Warriors and Kings, potentially gassed, which is way too early to be gassed in a playoff journey if your goal is to get to the finals and win a championship. And right now they're four and a half point favorites at betonline.ag. I kind of like the bet. I'm I'm a little curious to see where the line shifts and I'm not going to make a move on it yet. I imagine it will probably shift in the Lakers' favor, although you never know. I am not the national public betting. I'm one individual. Okay, let's let's bring it to our last series to discuss, and that was the other wild game that took place last night between the Warriors and the Kings. The Warriors took a 3-2 series lead last night in a 123-116 win over the Kings in Sacramento. They have a chance to close it out on Friday at the Chase Center in San Francisco, after trailing 0-2, the Warriors have never won a series in which they lost the first two games. They have now won three straight, and they have a chance to win it in six games on their home floor. Betters are very heavy on the defending champs, who are currently minus 850 to win the series, while the Kings are at plus 615. Now, between my own personal hopes and my predictions, I probably wouldn't go for the Kings, but I actually think there's value in terms of the betting front here because plus 615, that's a pretty damn good return on investment. And if the Kings have one crazy shooting performance at the Chase Center or the Warriors are just incredibly unfocused and sloppy and turning it over and showing their flaws, all it really takes is one game back in Sacramento just on one day's rest, and the Kings are right back in this. So I think winning game six will be the tough task for Sacramento, but if they force it to a seven, all of a sudden it's a very different story. And again, I think plus 615 is not bad if you want to throw small amounts of money on this one. Last night, though, that was a roller coaster of a fourth quarter. And again, I won't spend forever on the series because it's already been my central focus throughout the playoffs, and whoever advances will stay my central focus for as long as they survive. But as we did with Lakers-Grizzlies, here are the main headlines. Draymond Green and his first action at Golden 1 since the stomping incident was fantastic. He finished with 21 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 steals, and a block. In his second consecutive game coming off the bench, he did have some costly plays in the fourth quarter. I will admit it. As the game started to close in, he got tight. But then there was a timeout, and he came out of the break and went back to being fantastic, including hitting a little fadeaway jumper. Uh, both sides of the ball, he was really just everywhere. It was like a Draymond Green statement game. And if you're a Warriors fan, 
you have to take the bad sides of Draymond with the good almost every single time. That was his first 20-point performance since Christmas Day of 2019. Andrew Wiggins was also just awesome. He had 20 points in a very quietly productive night. But he hit a big shot in the final minute, a nice little turnaround mid-range. Klay Thompson led the way in the first half. He finished with 25 points in a game-high plus-minus of plus 14. But most notably with Klay Thompson, he was the one who led the way during a Warriors 12-0 run in the second quarter, which was the only time the entire series that the Warriors have thrived with Steph Curry off the floor. Speaking of Curry, he was only 2 of 10 from 3, and one of those was an accidental bank shot. But he led the way with 31 points and the dagger layup in the final minute of the game, and he hit so many tough shots inside when the Warriors needed it because... Let's be honest, every possession was really needed for both teams. And how could I forget Kavon Looney? In my opinion, Looney has been the third best player in this series. I think he has been that fantastic. I mean, behind Steph and Fox. Looney finished with four points, 22 rebounds, seven assists, and a block in 34 minutes. Those 22 rebounds tie his career high. And for some additional context, he leads the playoffs with 14.4 rebounds per game, including 18 and a half over this three-game winning streak that the Warriors have. And this isn't to hate on Sabonis, and we're going to get to him in a second, but Sabonis got the rebounding title. He had the highest rebound average and the most total rebounds in the season. And Kavon Looney is just playing fantastic he's outplaying the leading rebounder through five games series is not over i know that warriors fans are probably sick of me obsessing over this guy but i'm not going to talk about the series without accentuating looney's value he isn't flashy but he has been one of their best players legitimately and he continues to play his role to perfection let's move over to the kings who got off to a red hot start they made eight of their first 11 threes but they really struggled shooting from that point on and they would make just two of their next 23 and I will be very clear on my stance that the series is not over first of all if there was any discussion on who the Kings best player was before the playoffs began it has become pretty blatantly obvious that it's De'Aaron Fox Fox who was playing with a broken finger, is tough, plays his heart out, has a beautiful combination of speed and quickness, and deserves nothing but praise. I always say the playoffs are the time when good players will show their greatness, and it's the coming out party for a lot of young players. Fox has risen to the occasion in every regard, and he clearly elevates in high-stakes situations. I know he was the season clutch player of the year but he is also shown out in the postseason when it matters and those are two clearly different things he has both and statistically fox really cooled off after the first half but when he came out and made his first three threes put some assists on display as well it was clear that he wasn't backing down no matter the circumstances and he will show up for as long as the series goes 
Unfortunately, I think his finger did affect him in the second half. And how could it not? You have a broken finger on your shooting hand and you're the best player and primary ball handler on a playoff team. Now, I don't know how it's going to look in game six. I'm hoping he looks as healthy as possible because I have nothing but love for De'Aaron Fox. But it was a tough second half for him, and I, I think the injury did impact him. Uh, Sabonis, the other best player on the Kings, was very much the opposite of Fox last night in that statistically he had a nice game. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 9-15 shooting. But in terms of the eye test, for the most part, he looked bothered and frustrated out there, especially when he was trying to get physical down low. Malik Monk finished with 21 points as well. He really took off in the second half and sparked what was a fourth quarter surge for the Kings that nearly capped off the comeback. Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, and Keegan Murray all cracked double figures. But in the end, the Kings fell short and they'll have to win game six and seven. So game six... It's Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific, and Game 7 would be Sunday back in Sacramento. The Warriors are seven-point favorites heading into tomorrow night. Again, I will wait to see if that line shifts in the favor of one or the other. My guess would be that it shifts in the favor of the Warriors based on the public's reaction to their winning three straight. But for this episode, my NBA playoffs recap, that's about it. I typed my notes out in record speed. You don't need caffeine when you have the adrenaline of sports, baby. Although caffeine never hurts either. So, Screaming from the sidelines was named for events like this. This is why we do the show, because people get passionate about it. You can wager your money. You cannot wager your money. But regardless, what's going to matter is people just going for it. And the fans... The fans are the NBA's prized product, and we got the playoffs, and it's going to be a blast all the way through the end. We are just getting started. We got a month and a half more of this, and uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say other than I'm just incredibly thrilled about it. So I, I used all my energy last night just typing out the notes and ha- running on full adrenaline, and uh, now I'm starting to realize, like, hey, it's okay to have these spurts of just being a normal person. So. Uh, anyway, that's all beside the point. That's going to wrap it up for this show. You can find more of my betting content and episode clips on my Twitter page at Greg OH Silver or the podcast TikTok Screaming Dot Podcast. Like, share, rate, please. It will go a long way. Thank you for being a dedicated listener to the show. Watch your teams, cash the bets, and until next time, keep screaming. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. 
with reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.amic slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.